What's going on, guys? Welcome back into another episode of Big Easy in the Big Apple. I'm your host, Chris Rosvoglu. You can follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report, R-O-S-V-O-G-L-O-U Report, and also on Instagram at the same handle. Um, that one's going to be strictly Saints content. My Twitter, of course, is mostly Saints content, but I'll sprinkle in a little bit of NFL news stuff here. But once again, you're listening to Big Easy in the Big Apple, the destination for the Houdat Nation. Now, the Saints... Broke that five-year curse. I had the prediction that the Saints were going to beat the Texans. It wasn't like it was the most bold prediction in the world, um, but I decided to go with the Saints winning and snapping their season opener skid that they've had in recent years. And guess what? They did it, but they did it in, I guess, nail-biting fashion, to say the least. Um, We remember how the last two years have finished for the Saints. You had the Minnesota Miracle, then you had the famous no-call in the Superdome between the Rams and the Saints, and we'll get to that in a little bit because of who the Saints are playing this weekend. Um, But they start off week one with an insane matchup with the Texans. First off, I tip my cap to Deshaun Watson. Um, For those that haven't paid enough attention to him, he is one of the premier quarterbacks in this league. The question is, is he going to stay healthy? Because the Saints had six sacks. They were after him all night. Even the throws he completed, um, he was getting absolutely blasted by the defense on. Um, So I hope the kid's able to stay healthy in Houston because he is so special. Um, You'd hate to see something like Andrew Luck where he has to retire early due to injuries. Um, But that's going to be on Houston. They can worry about their own stuff right now. We're focusing strictly on the Saints. So let's get into a quick review. Um, And then I'm going to point out a couple players and a couple of plays here and there that I'd like to talk about. So for starters, I thought the Saints actually came out great. You know, the defense gets a stop. Drew Brees looked okay on the first drive. Defense gets another um, nice stop there. And the Saints get the ball. And in the red zone, Drew Brees throws an interception. At first, many people said, uncharacteristic. Then Chris Carter brought something up, and I thought it was interesting to come from a Hall of Famer like him. He said, usually in that scenario, we won't see an interception. What happened was you have Latavius and Brees who are familiar but not that familiar with each other yet, um, and they're off sync. Drew wants him to fade out a little bit or either cut to the middle hard um, and Latavius is thinking vice versa, hence Breeze is throwing you know a fastball down the middle, and Latavius is expecting a loft over the top, so you get the mix up there, and that's why you have an interception, but that interception really killed the Saints' momentum, um, because from there on out, you guys know the Texans went on to do well, but let's talk about what happened to end the half. I'm watching this game, uh, you know, and, and I know it's hard to be an NFL referee, I'm not saying it's easy, but for one, we all knew Michael Thomas had that first down. And then for two, we knew um, that there should have been more time on the clock for them to mess that up. And then Will Lutz misses a 56-yarder. Most teams, that costs you the game. It almost costs the Saints. Um, so for the refs on a game where they're supposed to be as sharp as possible to mess that up, you got an issue there. I, I think they're going to have to clean up their act. It doesn't look good. It almost seems as if the Saints are going to continue to get screwed out of um, 
certain wins or certain situations just because the officiating crew hasn't been on par and up to standards. But let's move past the refs. That second half was about as brilliant of offensive football as the Saints will play this year. I know it's going to get better. It's week one. They're still going to have to tune things out. But in week one for that second half, for them to put up 27 points against a Texans defense that is good, it shows you how talented and how electric the Saints offense could be this year. Um, and I know everyone was talking about, you know, Drew Brees' arm strength going down and he only completed two pass, uh, one pass of 20 yards or more. Here's the deal. If Drew Brees is going to complete short passes all game and still win and still put up 30 points, the Saints are going to take it. And you know what he's doing? He's just slowly killing the defense. Because at the end of the day, Drew Brees, after that interception, goes on to finish with 32 of 43 for passing, which is 74%, 370 yards, and two touchdowns. His ability to make changes at the line of scrimmage were on par as they are every single season. And sure, his arm strength's going down. He's 40. Whose arm strength wouldn't go down at the age of 40? It's human nature. But at 40, Drew Brees is still better than 90% of the quarterbacks in the National Football League. And because of that, that's why the Saints, with 37 seconds on the clock, are able to go down, get in field goal position, and win the game um, after it seemed like they lost it to that final drive of the Texans, which leads me to my next point here on Big Easy in the Big Apple. And as much as we want to celebrate the win, and as much as we want to talk about Will Lutz, and I'm going to get to him in just a moment, you can't let Deshaun Watson go down the field with two throws and give the Texans the lead with 37 seconds remaining. Deshaun Watson, I tweeted before that drive, this game is far from over because of his arm strength. Well, kind of looks like the Saints underrated or underestimated his arm strength because they had cover zero on that last throw where he gave it to Kenny Stills over the middle. I understand you want to get after the quarterback. I totally agree with the Saints' logic of pressuring him. I understand that. Got to trust the D-line, though. You cannot be sending extra guys when the Texans, unlike most teams in the NFL, have three good wide receivers. We all know Hopkins is amazing. I told you guys, no disrespect to Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins is by far and away the best wide receiver in the, fo- in the National Football League. What he's able to do, catching the ball in traffic, making leaping grabs, running per- perfect routes. He's so physical. If you didn't see it with him body slamming Marcus uh, Williams, I don't know what will make you realize that. And against a Saints defense that focused a lot on him, and Lattimore had some good plays against him, he still finished with eight catches for 111 yards and two touchdowns. Just shows you how lethal he is. Then you got Will Fuller, who's basically mossing Eli Apple over the middle of the field. And then you have Kenny Stills, a former Saint, who in his first game with them, he's only had about like a week and a half to practice and get familiar with Deshaun Watson. Oh, three catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown. This Texans offense is no joke. So I get that. I totally agree and understand what people are telling me. Oh, it's because the Texans are lethal. It's not because the Saints defense is bad. That's fine. I'll give you that. But that cannot happen because an issue for the Saints defense in particular, has been closing out games. They didn't close out the Minnesota game. They didn't close out the LA game, albeit obviously momentum was shot after that no call, but they didn't close those two out. So if week one, it's looking the same, what's to tell me it doesn't happen in the future in a more important game other than the first game of the season? You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to knock the Saints. At the end of the day, a win is a win is a win. doesn't matter how you get them. It matters that you got it. But for a team that looks so good and has the talent to win a Super Bowl, and we've seen is very close to getting there, got to shore up this type of mistake and this issue. Because if you don't now, could plague and linger on. And eventually in a crucial moment, 
could cost the Saints for a third straight season. So that's why, you know, there's so much optimism in the air, and rightfully so. Got to have a little bit of caution in that regard um, for the Saints. Now, before I get into my prediction for this week and my preview of the Rams game, want to give a shout out to two players on the Saints. For one, for starters here, Ryan Ramchek. Just letting you guys know, when J.J. Watt destroyed Zach Streif, and I mentioned it on the first episode here, he said, Saints got to get a new right tackle. Well, they did, and that right tackle kept J.J. Watt out of the box score for the first time in his NFL career. No pressures, no sack, no tackles, no QB hits, nothing. Kept him out of the box score. Ryan Ramchuk, Ramchuk obviously got help in certain situations. You had tight ends chip J.J., understandable. But man, he absolutely had his way with J.J. Watt, who is still one of the premier defensive players in the NFL. So it's not like, oh, he's washed up or anything. Ramchek is just that good um, for the Saints. And honestly, he might be, outside of Armstead when he's healthy, not even might, I think he is, the second best offensive lineman on this team. Um, and the Saints have been so lucky to have a guy like Ramchek blocking Drew Brees' right side. And the last guy that I want to give credit to and I don't give it, no one gives kickers enough credit in this world. Will Lutz. Kicking can be frustrating. Sometimes it costs you games. And I saw it here in New York with the Jets. They literally lost a game because their kicker couldn't make an extra point, didn't hit his field goal. The Colts lost a game because Adam Vinatieri, a legend, a first bout All Famer, couldn't hit his kicks. Will Lutz from 58 yards nailed it. Would have been good from 65. The kid's got a leg, he's got confidence, and he's been so good. That when the Saints spotted that ball down, and you saw it was going to be from the 57, uh, from the 58-yard line, I was like, there's no way, man. 58, he's got this. Like, I was, there was no doubt in my mind, when Will Lutz goes to kick that ball, the Saints are going to win the game. And that's just a testament to how good of a kicker and a kicker he is, how much trust and respect he's gained around New Orleans and around the NFL. Um, and this is a kick that for him, confident, confidence-wise, after you miss that 56-yarder, it carries to the next game. And the next, and you see how Lutz performs over the rest of the season. It could be really good just because of this one game. Um, for him, from a confidence standpoint, should definitely boost his morale um, as the season rolls on. Now, don't go anywhere because I'm going to give out my predictions for the Saints rematch with the Rams. I'll tell you what matchups to watch, which ones are going to be important. And I'm going to give out a bold prediction for week two of the NFL season regarding the Saints right after the break. Welcome back inside Big Easy in the Big Apple. Once again, your host, Chris Rosvoglu here. Follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report, as always, for all Saints content. Um, now, I just reviewed the Saints season opening win against the Houston Texans. Now, let's get into it. The game that everyone had circled on their calendars. We're going to call it a must win. We're going to call it the biggest game of the season, even though it's only week two. But the reason is because it's the Los Angeles Rams on the schedule waiting for the New Orleans Saints. Um, and let's be real with each other. We all want this game. The fans want it. The players definitely want it. You know Sean Payton wants it more than anyone in the world. The question is, are they going to get it? The Saints and Rams have quietly, over the last two seasons, become, in my opinion, the best rivalry in the NFL. Why? Because it's even. This isn't Andy Reid versus Bill Belichick, where we know who's going to win that matchup every single time. 
This isn't Andy Reid versus my, uh, excuse me, Bill Belichick versus Mike Tomlin, where we know for a fact the Patriots are going to win that every single time. And by a good amount of points, I mean, you saw on Sunday Night Football, the Patriots absolutely steamrolled the Steelers. Sean McVay won the first meeting. Sean Payton won the second meeting. And then Sean McVay and his Rams, albeit the most controversial win in recent memory, maybe in the last 10 years, walk out of the Superdome in the NFC Championship with the biggest win of all their careers. And now, it's the Saints' turn to even the score. Let's all be real with the fact that it's going to be a tough game. There's a very good chance the Saints lose this game. But remember what happened last year when the Saints played the Vikings. The Saints, of course, coming off the Minnesota Miracle, went on the road at Minnesota, which in my opinion, from a crowd aspect, the standpoint of how U.S. Bank Stadium is to the Coliseum, the Coliseum is not as loud as the U- as U.S. Bank Stadium. The fans are not as hectic in L.A. as they are in Minnesota. They breathe football. L.A. fans do not. That's a basketball place. That's a baseball place. It's not football. The fans are going to not, they're not going to be as wild. There's probably going to be a good amount of Houdat Nation there in L.A. The team's better. Goff is better than Kirk Cousins. Gurley is healthy. Cook was not for the uh, Vikings. The defense, I think, would be, let's just say, the same. If anything, the Vikings might have the edge in that department. But the Saints, in the second half, just blew out the Vikings. It wasn't close. Now, I don't think the Saints are going to blow out the Rams. Heck, I don't even know if the Saints really will beat the Rams. Give my prediction in a couple minutes. But the Saints are going to be more motivated than any other team this week. Probably any other team for the whole season. And it's because of the Rams. Because not only did the Rams win, but the Rams won and then gloated about something that, of course, was controversial. We all know that flag should have been thrown. Sean McVay came out yesterday and said it should have been flown. Whatever. We all get it. It happens. Refs make mistakes. Unfortunately, it was at the Saints' expense. And it cost them a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Guys like Drew Brees are going to say they're never going to get over that call. And you can't blame them. But just because they say they're never going to get over that call doesn't mean that call is going to affect the way they play for the rest of the season. Colin Coward, and I know you Saints fans absolutely adore him. And yes, obviously I'm being sarcastic about how you feel about Colin Coward. But the man knows what he's doing. He sees that Saints fans are listening, looks at the ratings, checks it out. He knows Nola's looking after him. So he sparks this rivalry, and he continues to debate, and he aggravates all of us. Let's be real. We know how it goes. But he made a very, very interesting point. I think he's wrong, but interesting point. He said, the Saints, you know, the Rams were better than the Saints in that game. It wasn't because of the no call. The Rams won, therefore they were better than the Saints. But then on Monday, after the Saints game, comes out, Texans are better than the Saints. I don't care that the Saints won that game. So, The media is doubting you. The Rams have come out and said that's a New Orleans problem, not an L.A. problem when talking about the no call. You know that L.A. sideline is pumped to play the Saints because they want to prove that they are the better team. And most picks this week from everyone out there, analysts, doesn't matter from what company, are going with the L.A. Rams, are going with the home team, possibly the better team, the more talented team, you know, the trendy pick, whatever you want to call it. The Saints are going to be an underdog, and they're not going to be an underdog in many games this year, but this is going to be the one, at least for the first couple games of the season, this is going to be the one on their schedule where they're not favored. There's so many reasons why they should be motivated. And the question now, 
is what team and what Drew Brees shows up in LA. Drew Brees specifically said on Monday Night Football before the game during the pre pregame huddle that they looked the devil right in the eye. And the meaning, and, and I know he's been in a lot of headlines for the wrong reasons when it comes to religious remarks. What he's trying to say is they literally saw a chance to win a Super Bowl ripped out of their hands, and now it's about them fighting back. And if they can beat this Rams team, I'm telling you from now, and I know it's early, they beat this Rams team, you know, put any major injuries, injuries to the side, this Saints team is going back to the playoffs. Not that if they lose, they can't. But if they win this game, they're going to be in the playoffs. I'm telling you. And there's going to be a lot of matchups to watch out for and a lot of important things in this game um, that are going to dictate who wins this game. For starters, Cooper Cup was not playing in the NFC Championship game. Cooper Cup, during the middle of the season, though, when the Saints played the first time last year with them, destroyed that secondary. I expect him to do it again. The Saints might have an answer for Robert Woods. I think that's the guy who they handled the easiest because Robert Woods against Marshall and Lattimore, you could kind of say in a sense Lattimore can neutralize him or keep him down at 40, 50 yards in that game. Brandon Cooks, I don't think the Saints have an answer for Brandon Cooks either. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Brandon Cooks is going to have another big game. It seems like he always plays well against the Saints. I think he could have a big game against them. Depends how Eli Apple plays, Marcus Williams, you never know. Maybe the pick from Monday night carries over to this game. Cooper Cup is a problem. He can beat P.J. Williams. He can beat Patrick Robinson. He can beat a safety if you put a safety on him. In the slot, he's going to do damage. He's Jared Goff's favorite weapon. That's going to be a problem for them. But if the Saints want to be able to turn the tables on the Rams and really get them to be one-dimensional, if you shut down that running game, then you can live with Cooper Cup beating you. Todd Gurley wasn't great for three quarters against the Panthers, but when it came to the fourth quarter, wore that defense down. With Onyemata back, with Rankins possibly making his debut for the Saints. I think this defensive line is going to bounce back from that atrocious performance in the running game against the Texans and have a good performance there. And if they can do that and you can neutralize Gurley and neutralize Malcolm Brown and make this game solely on Jared Goff, they have a very good chance of sneaking out of L.A. with a win. Because if L.A. did anything wrong this offseason, it was letting key play players in the trenches go. They lost Saffold to Tennessee. I lost to Dominican too on the defensive side to uh, Tampa Bay. Those are two key cogs. And we saw, although the Rams won and they put up 30 points on the Panthers, they struggled to pass protect for Jared Goff. Well, guess what? The Saints pass rush with Jordan Davenport, Trey Hendrickson, they got after Deshaun Watson. I know that's a weak offensive line, but they got after him. Cut the six sacks in half. The Saints sacked Jared Goff three times. They're in really good shape. So that's another matchup to watch for this game. And the most important one for me, because it was important in the NFC Championship game, I'm going to say it um, again because everyone started you know, cracking jokes about this guy, Michael Thomas versus Aqib Tlaib. He destroyed Marcus Peters. I don't think the Rams have the guts or you know, they're not foolish enough to put Marcus Peters on Michael Thomas. Aqib Tlaib is going to be getting that assignment. If Michael Thomas can beat Aqib Tlaib and bracket coverage, because that's what he's going to see, the Saints offense, you're going to just gonna see it open up. It's going to be a track meet at the Coliseum. You're going to see it. So that's going to be important. Can Michael Thomas break past Aqib Tlaib and just completely let the floodgates open in LA and the Saints offense, you know, another 30-point game probably um, on the road. That can happen. Um, so that's going to be important. So those are a couple of key matchups. You want to watch how P.J. Williams and Patrick Robinson handle Cooper Cup. You want to see if the Saints run defense can neutralize Gurley and Malcolm Brown. 
And you want to see what Michael Thomas does against Aqib Tlaib. That's going to be a very, very important matchup. And obviously, of course, how does Drew Brees, Drew Brees play on the road? Usually it's not great, but it's early in the season. LA's weather is not going to be an issue. So there really is no excuse for number nine to not get it going in LA. But those are a couple of matchups to watch. As for a bold prediction, my bold prediction, and it's not the most bold you know, statement in the world, but I have Jared Cook getting his first touchdown as a member of the Saints. He only had two catches for 37 yards. Well, I remember that NFC Championship game very well. And what I remember from it is Dan Arnold dropping a touchdown pass for the Saints in the red zone. I remember Josh Hill looking good on a tight end screen. And I remember a lot of moments where I thought, you know what? If the Saints had a good tight end here, they can open this one up. Well, now they do. And although Jared Cook didn't play or didn't, you know, make that many impact plays against the Texans, the Texans were better suited to handle Cook where the Rams, I don't believe, are. I think Littleton's a good linebacker, but I don't know if Littleton be able to hold his own against Jared Cook. And because the Rams are going to put so much attention on Alvin Kamara, especially after getting burnt by Christian McCaffrey the week before, I see Cook having a big game. I really do. Um, so I think I'm going to see Cook going for his first touchdown as a member of the Saints. I think he probably have around 60 yards, about maybe let's say four catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. I think he's going to be a big player for the Saints in this game. I think he's going to be very important to how they make the game plan. And as for my prediction, and of course, um, you guys have to know where I'm leaning with this one. I think this game is coming down to the wire because it's Saints-Rams. The last three matchups have gone down to the wire. We know how every single one's ended. I think the Saints are going to win this game. And I know the trendy pick and the consensus around America is that the Rams are going to win this, and rightfully so. They're on. They're at home. They looked solid on offense in their first game for the most part. The defense is loaded in the secondary. Now they got Eric Weddle. He should be playing. He should be active. Um, and it's their home opener. The fans are going to get going. But I still think the Saints have used that you know no call in the NFC Championship game and turned it into a positive. A lot of people said they weren't going to be good this year, and I know it's one week in, um, so it could be you know it could be possible that they turn out to not be good this year, but. Considering what they did with the Minnesota Miracle and they flipped it around um, and started playing better the year after, I think they're going to turn that around. Now, I don't think the Saints are going to go 13-3 and this year, but I do think the Saints at uh, at Rams here, I think we're going to see them win 27-24. Um, I think Will Lutz is going to kick another game-winning field goal. I know that sounds insane, back-to-back weeks of a game-winning field goal, but I think it's going to come down to the right leg of Will Lutz. I think the kid's going to make another big kick for the Saints. Um, and I think they're going to walk out of L.A. 2-0. and um, And if that doesn't get everyone who doubted them for this year thinking, you know, maybe the Saints are going to be a contender again this year, I don't know what will. Um, because obviously if they lose, everyone's going to play the narrative. They're shot um, for the season. Another loss to the Rams. Where are they mentally? Everyone's going to play that game. So if the Saints want to go out there and get their respect, there is no other way and no better way to do it than beating the defending NFC champs at their house and showing the NFC once again runs through New Orleans. Because a lot of the talk this week was Cowboys look great, and the Eagles look great under Wentz, and the Rams look like they're going to compete again. Well, there's question marks of those teams too. It's just, you know, when people question Dallas and Philly, they don't like to do that. Those are big markets. They want to, you know, prop them up. So instead, we're talking about Dallas being a Super Bowl contender, or the Eagles looking unstoppable under Carson Wentz. No one says a good thing about the Saints um, and how they looked. And before I go, I'll leave you with this. 
Over the last five years, we've seen the Saints start off slow in September. They won this game. And unlike past season openers, the Saints looked pretty good in the second half. Remember the season opener against the Vikings? The Saints just didn't look good. The season opener against the Buccaneers, they looked horrible. They looked like they didn't even practice. And then in the Browns game, it showed up. They didn't look good there either. But then what happened? Week three kicked around. The Saints looked good. Week three for the Saints two years ago, they dominated against the Panthers. So they started playing better, obviously, as the season goes on. And we all know how lethal Sean Payton teams are in October, which is going to be important for the Saints because they have a favorable schedule in that month. They can really run away with a 4-0 record for the month of October. But keeping it to September here. The Saints look like from day one, they were going to play sharp football. Um, we didn't see that last year. We didn't see that two years before, I'll tell you that much. But every game, they were getting better. So if this is where the Saints are going to start off and they're going to continue to get better through the fall, that's another reason why I like them for this Rams game. I think it bodes well for them. They know that they played only one good half of football and still managed to beat a Texans team that won 11-5 last year. I know they're not at the Dome. It's different. Don't expect them to play as bad as they played in the first half of last game for this one. Sean Payton's going to make the adjustments. They're going to run the football more than they did before, and they're going to be fine. The Rams had trouble holding down Christian McCaffrey. I want to see how they handle Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. I want to see how they handle Jared Cook. I want to see if they can do all that while also keeping tabs on number 13, Michael Thomas. There's a lot of reasons why I trust the Saints team. There's a lot of reasons to trust the Rams as well. Um, but I really do think the Saints are going to come out with the win in LA. And once they get that win, if it happens, I believe it will, people are going to start to change their tone on this New Orleans football team because they want them to lose it. It fits in with their narrative of the Saints collapsing this year. It would fit in with the the stories of, man, they were so high at this point to winning, almost winning the NFC Championship to crashing down now if you make the playoffs. That's what they want. Don't think that's what they're going to get. Um, so we'll see on Sunday when the Saints play the Rams. But anyway, good stuff here, um, as always, with the Saints team. It's going to be a fun game. I know you guys are going to be amped up like crazy for it. I'll be amped up as well. 425, Joe Buck's going to be on the call, so ugh, not great for us. Um, we'll get through it. It's all right. But Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, as usual, they're usually pretty uh, Debbie Downers on the Saints. Um, but it's going to be a great game. I know you guys are pumped. If you guys are going to be in L.A., make sure to stand out and cheer um, for your boys in black and gold. Um, but get ready, guys, because it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a four-quarter um, clash between these teams. Expect it to come down to the wire, and that's why I got Will Lutz kicking the Saints home for another victory. But that's going to do it for us here on Big Easy in the Big Apple. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned for more content. On Monday, I'm going to have a review of that Rams-Saints game. It's not going to preview their next matchup. I'm going to, once you know Monday kicks off, it's two episodes a week, like I promised. So Monday will be a review of the Rams-Saints game. Hopefully it's a positive one. Um, and then we'll move on later to the week to the Saints versus Seahawks battle. Um, but I don't want to go too down the road here. Just focus one game at a time with this team. But yet again, Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for more. Um, and most importantly, enjoy this game. And let's hope the Saints win the rematch against the Los Angeles Rams.